GM. Hey, hey everyone. Happy uh, February 14th, 2024. What a year to build. What a year to be alive. What a blessing. Well, today we have an incredible Twitter space. We're going to be we're going to be covering a lot of ground. Uh, we'll be able to explore the Persistence One ecosystem, um, what it is, what it's all about and where it's headed. Uh, an opportunity to talk about a liquidity, a potential liquidity collaboration between Persistence One and the Shade Protocol ecosystem, which is on chain right now. A proposal went up today, uh, right before this Twitter space. Um, and then, yeah, like all things kind of IBC, DeFi, and some of the, the projections uh, for the year. So without further ado, if uh, our speaker could introduce them, uh, introduce themselves. Yeah, I I did uh, very quickly introduce myself. Hey everyone, I'm Mikhil, and I'm I'm a part of the Persistence Labs team. I've been with Persistence since the very beginning, since day one. In fact, in 2019, and I've worn multiple hats within the organization. Obviously, uh, a key part of of my role here was uh, at Pstake, where I led the Pstake team at Persistence Labs. So within Persistence, we have a bunch of different things that we are doing. Obviously, the chain is, is one of the most important things. And then we have Pstake, which is the liquid staking issuance protocol. And, and we have Dexter, which is the DEX that we've built on the chain. So uh, I looked after the, the product and the business side for Pstake since we started building Pstake in, back in 2020 up until mid last year and then stepped into a broader strategy role uh, for the organization where I now look after the business and, and marketing growth functions uh, at Persistence Labs across all the different product verticals that we have and also looking for ways to grow the ecosystem, thinking of ideas uh, on, on how we could make a difference. So very excited to be here. Uh, apart from crypto, I obviously, you know, enjoy a little bit of sports uh I'm, I'm a huge football fan it sucks to be a united fan um but you know uh, we'll hopefully have a have a good days again uh but yeah that's a little bit about me i'm, I'm very excited to be here obviously I, I i'm a big fan of the shade protocol team and, and in fact a big fan of the secret ecosystem as well i think uh preserving privacy is, is quite important most people don't understand the the value in that but you know, I, anybody who's been in crypto for long enough would would realize that you know it's something that's very very crucial and and you know uh, we need projects like Shade Protocol to do what what you guys are doing you know so very excited to be here and talk to uh, the community about what we are up to. Amazing, appreciate the intro. We'll do a quick Shade Protocol intro as well. Uh, I'm Carter, the lead researcher over at uh, Shade Protocol. For any of you who don't know what Shape Protocol is, it is 
a suite of privacy-preserving DeFi applications built on Secret Network. Uh, we believe that crypto is all about your money, your data, and your decisions. That's what we exist to empower and protect with everything um, that we build. We have things like decentralized exchanges, privacy-preserving stablecoin, um, as well as kind of uh, privacy-preserving uh, leverage kind of within our, our product suite. We actually have a liquid staking token. It's specifically for Secret Network, but we, uh, we we like to stay in our lane when it comes to that side. We haven't issued a bunch of other LSTs, just a Secret Network one. And yeah, we have lots of other uh, products on the way. Red, maybe if you want to introduce yourself as well, because uh, he'll also be part of the question asking here today. Yeah, thanks for uh, thanks for kicking this space off. Really happy to be here. Glad the Persistence team is happy to be here. Feels like it's been a while since we talked with you guys on a Twitter space. So uh, really glad to have you guys here uh, this morning. Uh, for anyone who doesn't recognize me or doesn't know me, my name is Red Eyed Bear. Um, I work alongside Carter contributing to Shade Protocol. I focus a little bit more on operational management, um, working with a lot of the teams that we collaborate with and um, helping with managing, optimizing uh, internal processes and uh, applications. So uh, really excited about this uh, proposed collaboration between our two teams and excited to kind of dig down into this and talk about why we're so excited about this, um, you know, some of the success we've seen in the past and kind of what we've got uh, envisioned for working closer with Persistence and PSTIG. Amazing. Well, without further ado, what is Persistence One? What are the problems that it exists to to solve, and and what are the problems it's actively developing and solving right now? Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, that's a I think that's that's a great question to start off the space with. I think for listeners who may not be aware about persistence, uh, we started building in, in the bear of twenty nineteen uh, with the purpose to bring real world assets on the blockchain, and uh, obviously that's a very difficult endeavor, as as all of you may already know. And uh, it, it's it's a slow process. Uh, so for us, you know, operating in the space, uh, we we want to move fast as well, which is why in 2020 we pivoted towards liquid staking. And uh, the reason for the pivot was we were doing the stake drop campaign uh, for for the launch of the persistence chain uh, and and the token XPRT, where stakers of certain assets like Atom, Luna, Matic, Kava would receive a targeted airdrop uh, of XPRT. Now, when we were doing the stake drop, what we saw was there's huge demand from, from these stakers to generate additional yield in the form of XPRT. That is where we realized, okay, there's a problem out there in Cosmos, which is people have logged up their assets, they're staking them, and they're earning staking rewards, but those assets are logged up and you know as as an end user you don't have liquidity uh, if you want to withdraw it it's going to take a lot of time you can't generate additional yield on top of it uh, it's not the most capital efficient solution so what we set out to do was to build a liquid staking economy and starting off with the issuance of liquid stake tokens so back in the day cosmos obviously did not have ibc or or you know shade protocol or or, or osmosis or any other you know uh, defi products in, in the ecosystem. So what we had to do was we had to take a step back, think about how could we still build a liquid staking solution for Atom. And that's kind of how we ended up designing a product which may not have been the most suitable or the ideal product, but it still served the purpose uh, where we issued SDK Atom, which is the liquid staked version of, of Atom on the, on the Ethereum network as an ERC-20 token. So 
Uh, that's kind of how our journey started uh, into liquid staking. And then soon after, IBC was live, Osmosis was live. Uh, yet you could not really build a fully non-custodial liquid staking solution in Cosmos unless you obviously deployed a module on the Cosmos Hub, which is a very difficult endeavor. And, and I think everybody in Cosmos knows uh, something that's not possible. So we kind of uh, decided to wait until until that was possible and interchain accounts came into Cosmos around August 2022, July, August. And that's when uh, around the same time we were building liquid staking on the persistence chain. So we started issuing SDK Atom on the persistence chain as an IBC compatible native token uh, in Jan of 2023. And uh, that's where the journey to, to build a liquid staking economy began, where our vision to have an economy, a, a blockchain, which is specialized and, and focuses purely on staking, liquid staking. And, and today, uh, we have Dexter, which is the first, uh, you know, Cosmosm-based application on the persistence chain, where we build liquidity for liquid stake tokens like SDK Atom. Uh, we recently launched SDK DYDX, in fact, yesterday around the same time. Uh, so we have SDK Atom and SDK DYDX as two liquid staked assets on, a, uh, on on the persistence chain. SDK Osmo as well, uh, but liquidity for SDK Osmo is being built out on on the Osmosis Dex itself. So while we have the the liquid staking issuance protocol, we have the DEX. The next step, obviously, is a money market where, uh, you know, you could use those liquid stake tokens as collateral and borrow against it. And similarly, right after that, you would want to have, you know, more advanced uh, products like a perps market or futures market or, or, you know, you could do exciting yield splitting things. So we are on a mission to, to build a, a chain which allows you to maximize your, your yield on liquid stake tokens and do exciting things with liquid stake tokens. And and to answer the second part of, of the question Carter asked, uh, what we are building towards now is, is also restaking because we believe uh, restaking is, is obviously going to be a big part of, of what happens with liquid stake tokens and, and where liquid stake tokens are being utilized. So in our if our vision is to build exciting and innovative use cases around liquid staking tokens, then restaking plays a really big part into it. So as persistence and obviously you know a little bit of again coming back to our backstory itself in 2019 when we started building out we didn't have capital uh we didn't know how we are going to pay salaries to to the people who work with that persistence labs and that's kind of when we started running validator nodes on, on certain networks and uh whatever revenues that we would had from from the validator nodes this is what we used to to pay the bills and keep the lights on and so that's kind of you know uh that's how we started staking, then liquid staking, and now restaking. That's kind of what we aim to do. Everything around staking, uh, liquid staking, and restaking. Staking is obviously now very common and, and not a big part of our business, but that's where we began from, and and we are now uh, reaching towards the restaking uh, part of 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 where we are headed, and obviously building out the ecosystem to have those small small pieces in place. That's that's about persistence. Sorry if it was a little bit of a dragged one, but yeah. No, no, that was perfect. That's like a really really good rundown in history. It's it's mind blowing that persistence one was so early to LSTs that you issued an ERC twenty, <laughs> and and you were so early that IVC didn't even really exist like its current form. I don't think people. Can you imagine Cosmos without IVC? Just a bunch of isolated buckets. <laughs> it's crazy to think how far we've come. Um, I know you talked about the, you know, your goal is to build out an ecosystem. Um, and we'll definitely dig into that more because, you know, you, you dropped a lot of big things like with the money market and the perps market and obviously Dexter. 
has its own product vision. So we'll, we'll circle back to that kind of vision a little later on in the Twitter space. But for now, I want to laser in on the most recent and I would say exciting announcement in most exciting announcement in the LST ecosystem in Cosmos right now, which is restaking. Uh, this is a concept that, you know, people understand, you know, simple proof of stake of like, I stake the governance token of the chain and I secure the chain. And then restaking as a concept comes in and really starts to rejigger people's like vision and understanding of what staking is. So walk us through what is restaking? Yeah, so I think restaking is something that most people in Cosmos already know of. They just don't know it's restaking. Uh, that's the funny part because as, as Cosmos native people, uh, you know, uh, we like to use terms that may not be very easy for, for a layman to understand for somebody who's not very technical. You could imagine interchain security as a big part of, of restaking. Uh, so restaking essentially allows you to uh, stake your assets first. That's staking. When you stake your atom to secure the Cosmos hub, that's staking. Uh, imagine you could use these staked atoms to secure another chain. That's a very basic version of restaking. Now, when I say interchain security is a form of restaking, that's what it does, right? You have atoms that you have staked on the Cosmos hub, and now Cosmos hub validators are have to spin up another node on the stride chain, another node on the neutron chain, which are both consumers of, of Cosmos Hub security. So the voting power of each of the validators in the Cosmos Hub. So if a validator on, on the Cosmos Hub has a million atoms staked, the voting power that they would have on neutron or stride would be equivalent to this million atom. So you're essentially securing multiple chains by staking one asset, that's restaking. Obviously, as a restaker, you're now taking more risks as well. Uh, what it means is you have, so today you have atoms staked on the Cosmos Hub. Uh, let's imagine there's no interchain security. If you had atoms staked on the Cosmos Hub, you would be penalized only if on the Cosmos Hub. So if your validator has some downtime, you would have a downtime penalty or a slashing of like 0.01% if I'm not wrong. And if your validator doubles signs, uh, there's a slashing penalty of 5%, let's say. Now, this was your risk as a staker. But when you have restaking, you're taking on more risk. But that's why you earn more rewards as well. So now if the same validator where you stake your atom with on the Cosmos Hub is also validating Stride and Neutron, and get slashed on either stride or neutron, you're still getting slashed. Uh, your atoms on the Cosmos Hub would get slashed. So you're taking on more risk, but you're also getting more rewards for, for securing other chains. That's that's the simplest form of restaking. Uh, yeah, and, and you see this a lot more in the Ethereum ecosystem with Eigenlayer because in Ethereum, uh, users are not very familiar with the concept of staking because Ethereum does not have a delegated proof of stake model. It just uses proof of stake where you have to run your own validator node if you want to you know, validate or, or participate in, in network consensus. You can't delegate your assets to another validator who would run the infrastructure on behalf on your behalf, right? So in Ethereum, you have each that people just liquid stake and those liquid stake tokens can then be logged up on an eigenlayer, which pools the, the assets together to secure other services, other chains and and you know, uh, does exciting things. So that's a little bit about restaking. And yeah, uh, Carter, I don't know if you have better ways to put, put this. No, I think out. that was. I, I think that was a really good explanation. Now I'm actually going to ask one more naive question, which I'm 90% sure I know the answer to, but I want to make sure. 
in order for restaking to work, it requires the the chain to accept the kind of like the the inbound uh, asset that's being restaked, such that consensus wise, that block proposer, that validator is more likely to be able to propose a block, right? Like that. Like no. Yeah. Okay. 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 Cool. Red, do you yeah, have, I, I. Red, do you have any questions? No, not particularly about restaking. I mean, as we're talking about this, like it, it's obvious to anyone who's been in the cosmos or or even uh, the Ethereum ecosystems that liquid liquid staking derivatives have one of the clearest product market fits um, out of existing DeFi products. Um, you know, alongside uh other leverage products like perps money markets so um you know it's really encouraging to see persistence uh kind of doubling down on supporting this economy and providing like additional novel utility um personally i've still been kind of uh say fangirling over the stk dydx launch um i think that's really really awesome uh announcement you guys made and i'm excited to see what the adoption curve for that looks like so um, just thinking about restaking the applications as you guys obviously look to onboard new assets um, that you're looking to provide uh, liquid liquid staking derivatives for. You know this the the utility of restaking and the the risk uh, reward ratio for users is going to change. So just kind of thinking about that in the background, um, and then obviously we're all here to talk about the this XPRT shade collaboration. So. Ooh, just like well, chomping at the bit there. Chomping at the bit. Let, let's one one more question on restaking. What's kind of the the first restaking that's going to be supported by persistence one, and what's kind of your roadmap for onboarding restaking products? Yeah, so, very good question, and and uh, you know I'm also very excited. Before we get into that, like. Red Eyed Bear said, I'm also super excited about this XPRD Shade partnership and uh, definitely want to talk a lot about that today. But yeah, just to answer this question, we'll start with liquid staked Atom uh, derivatives. So STK Atom, ST Atom, Q Atom, or any other form of you know, LST Atom, which is uh, secure enough. Uh, and, and obviously, governance decides that uh, we'd start onboarding with those assets. And then soon, uh, liquid staked versions of TIA which come with uh, slightly higher risks uh, because as of today, those are all multi-sig based solutions. So uh, obviously the rewards that that you know you as a liquid stake TIA holder who's restaking would get would be slightly lower compared to Adam holders is how I would envision it. But obviously again, it's all governance based decisions. Uh, in terms of timeline, uh, we wanna have, so as, as a first step, we have uh, actually before we, start rolling out the restaking product, what we want to do is get SDK XPRT out, which is expected to go live before the end of this month. So that's, that's going to require a chain upgrade on the persistent side. Right after that is just rolling out restaking. So uh, I would imagine like, you know, Q1 definitely will have something on the test net where users get acquainted with the product and, and that will be incentivized. And then soon after that, we'll see how to roll the product out on mainnet with a certain, you know, risk like mitigating certain risks that come with restaking, which I do think are quite a bit in the Ethereum ecosystem, but uh, how we want to build it, uh, we want to make sure that risk is is as limited as possible. Uh, yeah. 
And and what does the user story look like that? Like is it is it depositing Atom or is this depositing SDK Atom and minting out another fungible token or like what what does that user story look like? Yeah, so very very good question. So the user story is very simple. Actually, you bring Atom or SDK Atom or SDK Atom or Q Atom, any of these assets, you lock them on the persistence chain. Uh, at the very beginning, you will be saying, okay, this is the chain that I want to secure, which is XP persistence. So you start earnings, taking rewards from Atom and, and persistence. And then in another subsequent upgrade, uh, what would happen is there would there could be 10 other liquid restaking protocols that could issue a fungible token uh, against these SDK assets, SDK asset deposits. So you could have a, a vault where people deposit SDK Atom, SDK Atom, Q Atom. And against that, a liquid restaking protocol built on top of persistence comes in and issues restaked atom called RS atom, for example. Uh, this RS atom is securing persistence and, and uh, the Cosmos hub and can be used as, as let's say, you know, uh, a collateral on, on, a, on a money market or can be LP'd on, let's say, shade protocol, shade swap, where you create an RS atom, atom pool. Uh, so that, that's how things get more and more exciting. Obviously, that's how risk increases as well so we want to do it in a very risk minimized way which is what you know we are aiming to do at this moment how, how are we going to handle all the suffixes of like right now you have like stk adam what's the <laughs> restick version of stk adam going to be called oh oh man i have no idea how we're gonna do that uh, i think so so the first thing is obviously when you deposit stk atom whether you deposit stk atom st atom or, or q atom uh at the end of the day, the the it all goes into a singular vault. So this vault is like it represents. It says, "What what does the vault just say?" Right? I am using an atom liquid stake token or a native token to secure this chain. Uh, chain A, chain B, chain C, chain D. Now, what a liquid restaking protocol could do is it could aggregate all the deposits, whether it's securing chain A or chain B or chain C or chain D and issue just one fungible token. That makes it very much like interchain security. Now, any chain that, that starts borrowing security from, let's say, uh, this restaking solution would actually, in a way, be an interchain security consumer because it's consuming security from staked atoms. Uh, and, and it's doing so in a pooled security manner where all these assets are pooled and then are securing multiple chains at once. But you could have restake tokens, which are you know, like fungible only to that particular chain. For example, if, you know, Carter, you decide to deposit STK atom on, on persistence and, and, you know, I deposit ST atom uh, and, and both of us deposit into the same vault, which is the vault that is for the persistence chain. So we specify, okay, I want to secure the persistence chain. And this new LRT protocol could just issue a PRS atom which means your risk is now associated only with the persistence chain and, and the Cosmos hub slashings. It's not associated with 10 other slashings because if, if Red Eye Bear launches an LRT, which says, okay, it's just RS Atom and it secures everything. Uh, this vault is for at persistence, it's for osmosis, it's for secret network. Then all of a sudden, the risk associated with the underlying asset becomes, uh, you know, creates that of slashing risks across these five, four, five different chains. So you could have multiple combinations, multiple strategies and generate higher yields by taking higher risks, or you could be more conservative and, and earn you know, limited, like you could earn rewards based on your risk appetite. 
this it's amazing the parallels between this and like perps and money markets where it always comes back to do you have isolated markets for these things or do you do you aggregate it right and there's like pros and cons in both directions i i think what's going to be really interesting with restaking is you're going to have these very complex mappings and risks that exist and then like from trying to use them as collateral how how <laughs> how do the oracles price these things right like it's 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 actually going to get absolutely insane like i'm i'm just kind of sitting here just like oh boy this is going to be quite the challenge problem so and like in typical crypto fashion right like you feel like you have a good grip on the defi landscape nope Welcome to restaking. See you in two years. There's like so much work that's going to come out from this innovation from, from like every component of the liquidity stack having to handle this new primitive. And like make no mistake, like you have to handle a new primitive like this because it's it's such a powerful service beyond, ooh, make my yield go up. Like the ability for a new chain to tap into restaking lowers their security budget. Um, like that's, that's a huge deal. It, it'll empower L1s to drive their emissions lower, um, by leveraging into renting, uh, security in the form of restaking, as opposed to having to just like directly incentivize its layer one tokens is, is how I'd Im- imagine this would work. Or you're just like increasing your security profile, right? Like that's, that's kind of like the two options. So crazy, crazy, crazy stuff. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think the first point that you highlighted, uh, which is, you know, these different DeFi protocols having the ability to to create risk profiles for each of these assets in, in a different way and, and figure out what's best. I think it's, it's quite a big challenge, but my understanding as and looking at the LST space, I would say liquid restaking would also be very much skewed towards one asset or one type of asset that does really well and has has a lot of adoption to begin with. So, I mean, it's, it's hard to tell how it's all going to play out. But I think looking at the Ethereum landscape for LRTs, like there's not a lot of adoption for LRTs as, you know, uh, as, as collateral right now on Ethereum, right? You don't see like the restake tokens that Puffer is, is you know, issuing or Kelp DAO is issuing or, or Renzo or you know Etherfi issuing, they're not being used as collateral everywhere in the same manner as as you'd see an LST. Uh, the LTV, the loan to value, or uh, the amount that you can borrow against those assets would be far lower than than what you would be able to do on a liquid stake token. So there's various exciting things that that we can learn from the Ethereum ecosystem itself to begin with. But I would say the most important thing we should learn from Ethereum is how not to uh, you know like create systems that that kind of blow up. Uh, at some point so yeah i i think the answer too is that uh we're we're, we're so early right <laughs> like the reason the the restaking liquid tokens are not surpassing lsts is just like the infrastructure is incredibly early and the liquidity as well like it, it's it, it ends up being kind of like a daisy chain of like slightly worse liquidity just because of like the building complexity right so like you have your baseline L1 tokens that have the most liquidity because they're they're the simplest. They have the, they have the most simple risk profiles and they're adopted by the centralized exchanges, which means the DEXs generally are more focused on them. 
And then you have the LS keys that have like the second greatest kind of liquidity profile. They're, they're a derivative that is yield bearing of the original L1 token. And then you have like the third tokens, the, the restaking liquid tokens that are going to be, once again, like more risk, yet another derivative of, uh, you know, a derivative of the derivative in, in many ways. And so it's, it's, it's going to be the prop. What I would guess is it's going to be a liquidity problem in many ways, maybe even more than a, a yield problem for, for the, for the restaking liquid tokens. So a uh, fascinating, fascinating stuff. And this is why Persistence One is building out a whole ecosystem of utility around kind of restaking and liquid staking. Liquid staking tokens is, is that is that correct? Is that part of the part of what you're foreseeing? Absolutely, yeah, you're spot on. I think uh, everything you said, I'm, I'm actually aligned with, and uh, that's kind of why we are building what we are building. So, our objective again is not to issue the liquid restake tokens as well. Our objective is to build the infrastructure where anyone can do that, and and uh, we see how you know markets prevail like i think on, on a, i think on a long enough time horizon i think the markets are, are generally very efficient so we'll see what plays out what does not and uh, yeah awesome well red i'm i'm going to hand it over to you to talk about um kind of the shade x uh, persistence liquidity deal what what does it look like what's the purpose of it what's the value of it and maybe do a little bit of just vision casting around that that relationship that's being built out. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, like at a at a high level overview, um, we're we're talking about how protocols such as persistence and shade um, can collaborate to build liquidity that's valuable for both both of the protocols and our respective user bases um, in a way that's also uh, sustainable. So. Um, for anyone who hasn't seen the recent uh, proposal between Shade Protocol and Persistence, I highly suggest you check out the Persistence One forums. Uh, we've got uh, that proposal up right now. It details um, all the different aspects of the proposal, and I believe we actually pushed that uh, proposal on chain today, if I'm not mistaken, Carter. Am, am I correct there? Correct. Yep, just went up on chain. Nice, nice. So um, I'll, I'll briefly go over what is covered in the Twitter post, um, kind of give some context to the deal, and then we can talk about why this is um, so valuable. Um, so for anyone who hasn't read the forum post, uh, the, the proposal is effectively to build 300, <clears throat> 300k TBL and protocol-owned liquidity that is matched uh, between Persistence One ecosystem and the Shade Protocol ecosystem. Um, so this sort of protocol owned liquidity matching doesn't involve any sort of OTCs. It doesn't involve any uh, sort of inflationary emissions to open market participants. Um, you know, if we were looking to do some sort of swap, those carry unique risks, um, you know, as you are now the custodian of this other uh, protocols token or you have a speculative investment in this other protocols token. Um, and, you know, you're effectively kind of short your own protocol token. So uh, with the way this deal would work, instead of actually swapping tokens, like we're swapping shade for XPRT or XPRT is being swapped for shade, we're actually like shade is coming with shade, persistence would be coming with XPRT, and we combine those uh, two tokens into a liquidity pool that can facilitate trading between those two um, assets. So the actual proposal is that persistence brings 150k 
of XPRT. Shade brings 150K of shade um, to shade swap. And then that is merged into a shade XPRT LP token. Um, and so there's some important points of this uh, specifically for both the persistence and shade protocol communities. Um, because we're not doing a swap, we're actually just matching liquidity. Uh, the persistence community would own the XPRT portion of the liquidity. The shade community would own the shade portion of the liquidity. So um, if either side wishes to withdraw from this, um, you know, both sides have the ability to withdraw and reclaim their tokens that were originally put up. And this is really nice because, you know, with traditional uh, sort of incentivization for market making and, and acquiring TVL, you know, you're, as we've seen with Osmosis, we've seen with many other DEXs uh, within the Cosmos, you know, people are acquiring TVL through uh, emitting LP rewards. Um, and this works to a decent degree. You know, people will respond, rational economic actors will respond to, to money being thrown at them. Um, but it's a costly endeavor and it's something um, that shouldn't be done without a very clear roadmap of like why you're doing it and what you're gaining from it. Um, and as we've been thinking about this more and more and how Shade Protocol and other products like ShadeSwap can build liquidity in a sustainable way, um, you know, we realize that there's other approaches to being able to do this. Um, so the benefit of this sort of deal would be that we're able to improve both XPRT and shade liquidity, as well as accessibility. Um, XPRT would be available to any of the secret network native user bases or any of the user bases that uh, utilize shade for arbitrage or any other DeFi utility. Um, it wouldn't require any emissions to third-party LPs, um, so persistence is not continually emitting, uh, increasing the circulating supply of XPRT in order to incentivize this or make a market uh, for XPRT. Um, and there's no speculative risk uh, for either of the protocols um, relating to, you know, custodialship or, um, you know, exposure to the token price impact uh, from these tokens. So, um, and the protocols are the liquidity providers. Um, so overall, this represents like a very aligned approach to building liquidity. Um, protocols generally have the longest like time horizon outlook on liquidity providing, or let's say just like utility within their own dApps. And so, um, you know, in relation to providing or creating markets, you know, having those long-term uh, players such as protocols being the ones actually creating the markets is um, is a really positive thing for the entire user base. Um, because I'm sure as many people know, you know, you go to DEXs, you try to swap one day and there might be 200K liquidity next day, emissions might've uh, been dropped or something might've happened. Now you only have hundred K and um, you know, the amount of, the trades that you might've been hoping to make are, are no longer um, economically viable, or let's say a profit margin is, is being squeezed. So you can't, you know, make particular DeFi activities. So we're really excited about the, the creation of this sustainable liquidity. Uh, we've had, or we, we've worked very closely with, uh, few other Cosmos uh, projects and layer one blockchains to be able to build similar types of liquidity on ShadeSwap. And we've seen really great success thus far. And um, we think with what uh, Persistence is doing as far as supporting um, novel DeFi economies and, and what P-Stake is doing with continually iterating on um, liquid staking, uh, we, we think this is a really, really solid um, collaboration between our protocols. Um, 
I'll stop here just in case you want to add something. Yeah, that's a that's a great rundown. Um, I would I would also add that uh, there's going to be a shade XPRT pool on Dexter, so those the trading community over there will get the ability to acquire shade, and then on Seeker Network, your users that are more privacy sensitive that kind of value the 100% front running resistance will also have an opportunity to acquire XPRT and XPRT due to the routing through shade will have access to millions of additional uh, kind of liquidity for anyone holding XPRT. So just overall, very mutually beneficial kind of trade route getting set up and just to kind of expand on what Red said about the liquidity matching, why it's so unique is it's essentially two protocols loaning tokens to each other to make a market. And then in the event of a wind down, both communities just kind of get their loan back, right? So really powerful structure. We've already done this deal. I think this is the ninth, eighth or ninth liquidity deal with this structure. This would um, actually be the 10th. This is the, wow. So it's been, it's been the 10th liquidity deal that's been, been closed. Um, and my gut instinct says that this structure is just going to continue to gain more adoption because why would you chuck emissions at external capital when you could just direct when the protocols can just directly team up together so super excited uh you know we'll, we'll have to see if the persistence one community votes uh yes if, if you're a persistence one community member highly recommend you know getting out on telegram on discord on the forums and, and if you're a believer in what this can unlock for persistence one would love to see your support for the proposal and we we're, we're very excited to hopefully get this to the finish line and get it all uh set up yeah, and this this particular type of deal works really well when when protocols are looking to collaborate and make markets uh, for their own tokens. As I'm sure many people understand or or can appreciate, it's much harder to be able to um, you know make markets or provide, let's say, protocol owned liquidity for uh, particular types of assets like stable coins or or even liquid staking derivatives, as these are not something that. Um, the the protocols really create obviously you know with uh with any of the p stake assets there there are fees associated with that and you know uh um you know there's revenue being generated but as far as like the um the acquisition and use of that <clears throat> revenue or or any other uh source of um the asset whether it be stable coins or liquid staking derivatives it's just harder to build that liquidity so as we're looking at you know these layer one tokens um you know, this is this represents one of the best opportunities to partake in these types of deals. Just wanted to kind of put that out there as a yeah, context. and it, the and the, the strong parallel is like um, this is like classic trade game theory, which is essentially all these protocols have an abundance that they can export in the form of their gov token, right? Like we all have large, large amounts of a single asset, huge surplus strong desire to deploy it in a way that drives utility and drives revenue back to the protocol but you only have that one asset that that there's a massive abundance of and so that's that's classic trade route game theory right so this essentially is just like embracing the concept of trade between protocols but in a way that's not requiring actual swapping or shorting in the form of like an OTC, right? So I, I think this is, you're, we're gonna continue to propagate this 
and grown over time. And once we get Trader Joe style liquidity added to ShadeSwap, which is currently on testnet with concentrated liquidity, then these, these deals become even more efficient because then, then you're getting out of the constant product paradigm and into a much more efficient liquidity profile. Uh, and the dream would be as the partners see more and more volume, protocols can actually like increase the size of the deal. Then you can go from, hey, we can jump from 300K in liquidity to let's let's bump it up to 2 million in liquidity, right? Like that's that's where things start to get really, really interesting. So we're still in the experimental phase of this. We're still getting feedback from the partners and the collaborators, but but on paper, lots of really uh, strong advantages. Mikhail, do you have any anything you'd like to, to add as well? I think both you and and Red Eye Bear pretty much covered everything there was to talk about. This my from my perspective as a persistence committee member, I would I would only add that this seems like a, a better deal for for XPRD holders in this moment, right? Because you get the opportunity to to get into a, a, a privacy first ecosystem. I don't think there's anything like like what you guys are doing right now. So the fact that you know, there's a, there's a potential opportunity. Like XPRT could have liquidity on 10 dexes, but what you get on on ShadeSwap is very different to to what you get on any of these dexes, right? So, uh, and and the persistence community pool is is uh, underutilized in my opinion. And like you rightly highlighted, I think if you if this is the tenth liquidity deal that's happening, and and you know people are still seeing value in it, it makes sense. It makes it very clear that there's product market fit for this kind of. Uh, for a you know liquidity provisioning deal so i i'm very happy to see this play out the the way it's been playing out and and i'm uh yeah looking forward to seeing how the persistence community votes on on the proposal uh so far seems seems quite positive actually so yeah let's see yeah the activity on the forums has been has been really encouraging to see um as someone who spends a lot of time on forums <laughs> i don't see a lot of people reply uh just a lot of people reading maybe maybe giving it a like uh so it's been really awesome to see all these different replies across the, both persistence and uh you know the shade community um something i did want to point out is that you know um you know, like Shade Protocol as a place that's looking to uh, provide a, a trading venue um, for different for different ecosystems, different tokens. You know, we're obviously looking to expand our liquidity, expand our collaboration with all these different projects. Um, I don't want. Uh, I hope no one takes the fact that uh, you know we are looking to collaborate with all of these different teams as like we're spreading our attention too thin, or we're not going to be able to focus on. Um, providing the attention and marketing and and uh, other sort of byproducts of this collaborative endeavor, um, just because you know we're working with all these different teams. The beauty of this is we're doing it in a sustainable way, and the management of the liquidity is passive, so it's not like you know Shade Protocol is needing to actively manage persistence is not needing to actively manage this liquidity. Um, it's available for anyone effectively. The you know the the amount of liquidity that's available is kind of like infinite, which is the way that constant product curves uh, work. And um, so, yeah, we, we've worked uh, initially, uh, we worked with Mantidao from the Kajir chain um, in doing this. And we've worked with a few other notable layer one uh, blockchains like Kujira, Stride, um, Composable, Andromeda, Archway. 
Um, and so we're really excited to extend this out to another liquid staking uh, provider. And I know it's not really related to the conversation about XPRT shade uh, POL matching, but I'm personally really excited to um, onboard more of the P stake, uh, liquid staking derivative assets. Like we need to get STK Osmo on there. We definitely need to get STK DYDX on there. Um, I'm still like, I hope you guys have some more docs on the STDYDX because I'm ready to read. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm just continually thinking about like what this is the beginning of, right? This is just kind of the starting line. This is this is not the finish line. Like Carter said, we have the optionality to continue growing this. We have the optionality to pivot. Maybe Dexter has uh, more volume than ShadeSwap has for these particular pairs. So maybe we want to shift uh, some of the liquidity to where the volume is at. Um, so this is, it's really cool. This is a growing and learning moment for both persistence and shade. And I'm really happy that we're getting to um, go through this and grow together. Likewise, I think um, a very similar views and, and very excited to see how we can get SDK Osmo and SDK DYDX on, on shade as well. I think that could be super exciting for, for various reasons. And, uh, you know, I, I do see a very interesting market for, for an asset like STK DYDX, for example, which is uh, like, which is not a native DeFi asset, right? You have like Osmosis has its own ecosystem and uh, on, on its chain, it has a bunch of assets, uh, pro products which allow uh, the utility for liquid staked Osmo, but that's not the case for DYDX. And that makes it a super exciting asset from, from my perspective. I'd agree. I also... Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think DYDX liquidity is pretty small right now on Osmosis. I'm trying to remember. I think like there's pretty much a massive opportunity for someone to start focusing on DYDX as an asset. I don't think we've really seen anyone do it. And that's partially, of course, because DYDX itself has the lion's share of it. But I think there's a lot of Cosmos users that would be very interested in acquiring it and interacting with it without heading over to that platform yeah there's like just okay. over one mil in liquidity um on osmosis which is pretty oh, okay. surprising yeah that's that's on the smaller side it's still that's actually that's still decent that's that's bigger than what i was expecting thought it i i, I, I through the osmosis pools page probably like twice twice a day <laughs> I, I don't think it's a million dollars right i think most of that million dollars mostly dydx stdydx so could be yeah, yeah, yeah. Or... It's like 900k liquidity in the STDYDX DYDX pool. So it's probably close yeah. to like 600k liquidity for actual DYDX. Yeah. Gotcha. Which is small. I mean, that that's still small compared to the the market cap and how many tokens are circulating. Yep. All right. Well, other fun announcement are there's an event called Frictionless. Will the Persistence One team be at Frictionless? Oh, uh, that's a good question. Uh, is this at uh, Eat Denver? Yes. Yeah, I think so. Uh, just had a very interesting conversation with Yaren, uh, who is happy to you know uh, be the one uh, taking a twenty twenty five hour long flight uh, to to be at this event. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, I'm almost certain we're going to be there and, you know, I would love to to meet with you guys in person. I personally will not be there, but I'm sure Yaren is, is going to be there most likely. Yeah. Gotcha. That's amazing. We'll for sure get him up there. 
on one of the panels. Super excited. If you're a community member based out of the U.S. coming to ETH Denver, be sure to check out Frictionless. The it's max out registered at this point. I think there's 200 people registered, 200 people on the wait list. It's it's absolutely absolutely crazy. But if you show up at the door, maybe mention the Persistence XJ Twitter space. Maybe maybe we can uh, we can sneak you in there. Uh, on that note, um, we got nine minutes left here. Anyone wants to come up on stage and ask uh, questions? That would be totally uh, acceptable. We'd love to have anyone from the audience come up here and ask questions in the interim while we're waiting for any requests. Do you have any IBC, DeFi, or any any like 2024 predictions that you view as, I don't know, either contrarian or ridiculously bullish? <laughs> that's, a, that's an interesting one. I, I don't know. Do you have any views? Uh yeah, I, I don't know, actually. I, it's something I have to think about right now, but what are your views? Ooh, turn the tables. Well, I remember back in 2022, I was really, really bullish on LSTs before LSTs were really a big deal. And I feel like I, got, I was making predictions about percentage of Atom that was going to be in the LST form throughout some very large numbers. And it was largely accurate i think i was still i think still expecting more lst adoption so i think it happened a little slower than i initially predicted but really front ran that narrative so in a similar sense i think restaking has an insane amount of potential in cosmos just because you have an exponential number of chains that are being launched all unified with IBC, right? Um, versus like, you know, Ethereum, it's got this kind of monolithic piece of the puzzle. And of course, they have like Eigenlayer emerging to kind of like export some of that. But as a whole, like Cosmos was designed from day one as like a proof of stake ecosystem. So I always feel like the innovation on anything tied to staking is going to be a lot more fascinating here than any other ecosystem. So I guess my prediction would be restaking is going to really pop off in late 2024. I also think like governance and the monetization of governance tied to restaking is totally unpredicted right now. I think there's like a whole set of second order effects tied to restaking governance that's like almost entirely unmapped right now. I think there's going to be a lot, <laughs> a lot that starts to enter into the picture around that. I don't know what precisely, but it's it's just like a, a gut a gut instinct when you have that much like bonded power and validator crossover. It I think it's going to get really interesting. Yeah, I, I think you're right about that. I, I'm I'm sure it'll be interesting. Uh, that's the that's something we can all be sure of. From my perspective, I think. What we might see and, and could be exciting is, uh, you know, uh, like a lot of BTC liquidity coming into Cosmos. I think that's going to be something that that we'll see. And, and I think Cosmos would probably be like an ecosystem which has the most amount of like Bitcoin liquidity of, of any like decentralized system, right? So instead of 
being traded on a, on a centralized exchange. I think Bitcoin liquidity will be on a bunch of DEXs on, in Cosmos. When and how that will happen, I, I'm not sure of, but I think that's a market that's been relatively untapped. And I'm sure like a lot of people are already looking at like RBC between Cosmos and Ethereum and, and stuff like that. So it's only a matter of time when people start looking at you know how to get uh, BTC bridged into into Cosmos using like really strong bridging solutions. Uh, that's my view, and yeah, I think from my the other angle would be like I think with restaking as well, right? Uh, I'm very bullish on restaking, but more from an angle where users really, uh, you know, it's more for for end users who do not have that high risk, uh, like who do not have very high risk appetites. I think you might not see as much adoption for liquid restaking tokens in Cosmos as you would see for native restaking where people just lock up their liquid stake tokens on, on the persistence chain to earn XPRD staking rewards alongside staking rewards for Atom. But it may not take off as much for liquid restake tokens. But that's again uh, something I'm it's it's just a, a view that I have given the the user base that we see in Cosmos today, uh, and, and user behavior. Interesting. That's so in terms of like risk profile, the the maybe less desire for continued liquid DGen DeFi. <laughs> yeah, right. But but once markets pick up really well, like you know, then then people want to take leverage and and stuff like that. So you never really know with these things. So <laughs> I, I might be wrong about I, that. I, I need my thousand x leveraged against my restaked, 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 restaked. Adam, sir, <laughs> I need more risk. <laughs> None of this is financial advice, by the way. Just for anyone. <laughs> I think the the thing that I'm most excited about outside of privacy, you know, I, I'm I'm pretty biased here. I'm I'm very excited about the the privacy um, improvements that are going to be coming to both Secret Network and we've we've seen a continued um, increase in privacy focused protocols uh, coming out in the DeFi space or in, in other um, spaces in the blockchain industry. But one of the things that I'm personally really excited about and and this uh, impacts all the ecosystem uh, ecosystems and partners that we collaborate with is, um, you know, bridge further bridging that gap between, um, you know, real world activity and on chain activity. And one of the ways that uh, we're going to be doing that really soon, at least with Shade Protocol, is with the introduction of um, and launch of the Fina card. Um, and being able to bridge, you know, your DeFi yield and utility into like real world spending and usage. Um, and there's been some other great progress on this front from other, um, from other teams in the cosmos, like uh, cypher wallet and their connection with noble is a really awesome example of this and how, uh, ecosystems are kind of bridging that. And so, uh, with this, you know, with this, uh, collaboration and integration that shade has, uh, with FINA, you know, we're effectively going to be able to extend this, um, utility and optionality for spending DeFi yields uh, and doing so privately to you know anybody who's using uh, the Shade apps, including the persistence and P-Stake communities, whether it be specifically for P-Stake and persistence assets um, or, or for other assets. So really excited that we'll kind of be able to democratively uh, kind of share that utility with all of our partners and collaborative ecosystems. Well, amazing. This has been a 
wonderful uh, Twitter space. Uh, Mikhail, how, how can people get involved in, in Persistence One? Uh, maybe walk us through what it means to join the community. And then separate from that, any final words uh, for the audience and for anyone listening to this recording? Yeah, uh, you can obviously always follow our, our official Persistence Twitter uh, and be up to date with all the things that we do. You can join our Discord and, and Telegram and, and the links for all of that you could find just through our website, which is persistence.one. Uh, we have multiple applications and, and many more coming already. So if you're looking to liquid stake your Atom, Osmo, or DYDX, please jump on onto the PStake application, so app.pstake.finance. Uh, if you want to provide liquidity, you can go to Dexter.zone. If you look to provide liquidity for STK Atom on, on Dex that is privacy preserving, please jump on to Shade Swap. And yeah, other than that, uh, the only thing I would say is we've been in, in, in the Cosmos for you know more than four years now. We started building in Cosmos before Cosmos was a thing, right? Uh, now people jump onto the Cosmos bandwagon and, and be like, okay, this is a great place to build because there's an opportunity. Uh, we've been building liquid staking before you know liquid staking was cool in cosmos or, or was even something that could be built out so uh yeah we've been building for four four plus years now and our, our objective is to keep building for, for multiple more years and you know i personally wake up every day with, with the motivation to to do something needle moving and you know that's kind of what we try to do here and we'll be persistent in our approach and in our you know journey to to get to where we should be and yeah, I look forward to to having, you know, more people join our community and, and get excited about the things that we build. And thank you so much, uh, Carter, Red Eye Bear, for, for having me on. It's been a pleasure. I, I really have to jump off. I'm late for another meeting. So uh, thanks, guys. Really appreciate this. Yep. Have a good day, everyone. And as we always like to say, there's plenty of room in the shade. Have a good day, everyone. Bye. Motherfuckers screaming out loud, looking for mercy before they find themselves working a corner down in Jersey. What could be worse? Misrepresenting the first come first serve mentality stuck in the burbs. I'll be numbing up first before discovering what works, and we'll see what other kinds of trash is under the dirt. We rape and plunder the earth, sit and wonder about the worth and plate. Ring around the rosy while the thunder is served. Motherfuckers walking around here looking faceless, trying to make a living selling friendship bracelets, dead ends dragging out the max amount of pain. Minutes, red down days, got them acting all bankless. Yo, fam, what? Check these token knocks. They probing this bear, flexing broken knives. I had to lay my soul down. I'm just roasting knives, and then to end a long day, 11 bowls of chronic. Never known the politic, I was born to frolic. It's been my policy to pollinate all over the plot. We got a lot of apologists jumping in at the top. We like to measure their velocity before they hit rock bottom. Over the impossible loss, it's all moss, and I'm liking the odds. Fond doing the morning, forming mycological. Bonds. Flick the cap, yo, the road is highly involved Flip a coin, diary falls Motherfuckers screaming out loud, looking for mercy Before they find themselves working a corner down in Jersey What could be worse? Misrepresenting the first come first serve Mentality stuck in the burbs I'll be numbing up first before discovering what works And we'll see what other kinds of treasures under the dirt We rape
sleep and plunder the earth Sit and wonder about the worth and play Ring around the rosy while the thunder is served Trying to figure out the max amount of dinner They stacked in non-toxic Just to get a better place Smacking on the hostage Like the shit is played for keeps Clowns, white knight, and all these Maybellines They call it implausible When model after model keeps on Ripping off the coat and going full throttle Beats, tearing apart your community All these low-hanging fruits Bearing zero liquidity Got a planet in reach Coming standard to each I'm on the back ten stargazing after the siege Commanding all the management to grab a few seats And then we'll round up the beasts and send a messenger east Y'all better sign a release when I'm bumping these beats Hands up if I got motherfuckers drumming the streets Yo, we got a few dubs, we got a couple defeats And if you're coming for the king, you better have some of each Motherfuckers fuckers screaming out loud looking for mercy Before they find themselves working a corner down in Jersey What could be worse? Misrepresenting the first come first serve Mentality stuck in the verbs I'll be numbing up first before discovering what works And we'll see what other kinds of treasures under the dirt We rape and blunder the earth Say and wonder about the worth and play Ring around the rosy while the thunder is served Ten spaces.